When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Looking for any dope gifts for the holiday season? It's coming up. It is. It's coming right around the corner. Oh, man. That's true. <laughs> for those of you who forgot, it's, it's that time of year. <laughs> we're getting we're getting to that point, and we have a new fun thing we're doing. Featured artist. What? It's so exciting. It's it, actually very exciting. Our featured artist for the holiday season. Faith Sponsler. <laughs> we are obsessed with Love her. her. She's amazing. She's a friend, a muse. An alchemist. Alchemist. I artist. would call her um, something of a wizard. A mage. Yeah. A, oh, wizard, oh. a wizard or a mage. She has done a collaboration with us, which she created beautiful, color-changing art history babes prints. Limited edition. Limited edition. There's not a ton of them, so you're going to want to get one. Get them while you can. I want that. They're great. They're, They're really beautiful. fun. Yeah. She did I an love amazing her color-changing prints. They're the coolest. Like, you just put them in some tea or some coffee and watch it change it, before your voila. eyes. It's beautiful. Magique. The whole process is super fun. And you get to be involved in the art, which is yes. always a cool thing. You will be a patron of the arts. Yeah. And Those so- wealthy Italian men in, in Vatican City in the Renaissance, you'll be like them. Exactly. That's what buying one of these prints will make you. Basically. <laughs> You're basically a, a cardinal. <laughs> <laughs> Head over to arthistorybabes.com. Click on our featured artist tag. You can read all about Faith and her work. Yes. And you can buy as many prints as long as supplies last. Yes. Mm-hmm. Limited supply. Act fast. From Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Natalie. And we are the Art History Babes. And we're doing a little BB episode, Art History Babe Brief, on Gothic architecture. We're going to give you the rundown of what Gothic architecture is, what it's all about. Gothic architecture was a prominent European style of architecture during the Middle Ages. The style was characterized by pointed arches, rib vaults, flying buttresses, and the incorporation of stained glass. These architectural features allowed buildings, particularly cathedrals, to reach never-before-seen heights. Gothic cathedrals sprung up all over the place during the late Middle Ages from about 1000 to 1400. They originated in colder climates because it was impossible to decorate using fresco, which, 
used plaster and then you would paint over the plaster and let it dry, but the plaster wouldn't dry in these colder climates, making it impossible. Stained glass was used in Gothic architecture to showcase biblical narratives and images to the illiterate in the same way that the painted frescoes would in warmer climates. So you get Gothic. The first Gothic cathedral was the Abbey of St. Denis, which was constructed in France in 1137 as the result of the patronage of Abbot Suget. Suget! It's spelled like sugar, guys. It's really cute. (laughs) I'm confused as to how that's J. I don't quite understand it, but French. Abbot Abbot Suget. The architects of the Abbey of St. Denis have remained unknown. However, it is believed that that there were two architects responsible for the project. The church was built in the Commune of St. Denis, which is now a northern suburb of Paris. The intention was to reconstruct the old Benedictine monastery that housed the holy remains of St. Denis. It was originally Romanesque in style, but was rebuilt with a bunch of changes, including vastly reduced wall area. Solid walls were replaced with enormous windows and stained glass. The upper facades of the enlarged transepts were filled with two rose windows. Rose windows are circular windows that are divided into segments by tracery. For those of you that are unfamiliar, they don't actually look like roses, but they do kind of look like flowers. Yeah, or like a mandala maybe. Mandala. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Got a mandala vibe, Mm -hmm. but not roses. (laughs) No, no. The Abbey of St. Denis served as inspiration for religious architecture across Europe for centuries. The term Gothic... Before the term Gothic came to be, this architectural style was labeled French style. During the Italian Renaissance, this style of architecture began to be viewed as crude. In his book, Lives of the Artists, written in 1550, Giorgio Vasari became the first to describe this style of architecture as Gothic. Much like so many terms used to describe an art movement in history, this definition was meant derogatorily. The term Gothic was used in reference to the ancient Goths, an East Germanic people that played an integral role in the fall of the Roman Empire. During the Renaissance, there was a big throwback to classicism, looking Mm -hmm. back to ancient Greece, ancient Rome, and the Goths were responsible for the fall of the Roman Empire, and they were historically viewed as quote-unquote barbaric, So being a Renaissance art historian and calling this term gothic, it was a a hit. Yeah, definitely throwing shade. Yeah, for sure. It should be noted that there are various subsects of gothic architecture, including high gothic, rayonant gothic, early English gothic, German gothic, and decorated gothic. I am not an expert on gothic architecture, so I don't really know what any of those mean, but it is something to look into. (laughs) Check it out, guys. So some elements of Gothic architecture. We'll start with the pointed arch, which was appropriated from Islamic architecture. So it kind of has that Islamic arch look. If you can imagine it, it's pointed. The pointed arch itself relieves some of the stress placed on the architectural elements of the building. And as a result, the columns can be thinner. The walls can be thinner. Everything can get a little taller. 
Ribbed vaulting was frequently used in Gothic architecture. This happens when there's an intersection of two or three barrel vaults. So they cross one another and there's often some decorative elements on the ends. Tracery was used to separate the panes of stained glass, those simple metal lines between each glass panel. Compared to Romanesque-style cathedrals, which were the predecessor to and kind of contemporaneous with Gothic cathedrals, Gothic cathedrals were much, much taller. So they were able to do this through things like the pointed arches and flying buttresses, which are my personal favorite. (laughs) It's such a fun term. I honestly didn't know what they were for a long time, but I knew the term flying buttress. It was my favorite thing to teach in any class where we went over Gothic architecture. I love them. I just think they're funny and hilarious. (laughs) I had a professor in undergrad who made us practice being buttresses, like leaning on people. (laughs) That's fun. It was really cute. So buttresses were part of architecture beforehand. They were just on the ground and they would be used to stabilize the walls from the outside. So think really thick concrete walls and that helps with the pressure that's put from the ceiling down and out so flying buttresses are just lifting them higher so think of taking those buttresses and making them stacked so you can build higher walls in doing this walls become thinner windows become larger portions of the walls they use these stained glass walls to tell narratives and as Corey was mentioning, you get these rose windows at least on one end of the cathedral, if not on either. So you would get them at either end of the aisle. These are all prominent elements of Gothic Cathedral. The last one I want to go over are towers, which are really fun and interesting. Um, most Gothic cathedrals have towers. They can have one. They can have two. They can have two different styles from different centuries. They get really fascinating and fun. So in summary, they get taller, they get pointier, they get longer naves, and a lot of stained glass. A famous example of a Gothic cathedral is Chartres Cathedral. It was originally a Romanesque church, but it burnt down and they rebuilt it in 1140. So it's 25,000 square feet of glass and it incorporates a lot of light. So this kind of inclusion of nature and the bringing the outside inside. The arches are still Romanesque, but there are really large stained glass windows and a rose window. The entrance at the west facade has statues that are attached to columns. As we move from the west to the east, the statues become more independent. It's really cool. So On the west side, they're more attached to the columns, and then they become more like freestanding sculptures as you move east. While most churches are built from east to west, Chartres is built from west to east because the west facade crumbled and they had to redo it. A lot of times, these quirky things about architecture are just practical. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you feel like, why? It's like, eh, they crumbled. Similar to illuminated manuscripts, you read from top to bottom in the stained glass narratives. Chartres has a rose window in the north transept and featured in the stained glass, I thought this was cool, are workmen who worked on the actual building of the cathedral. They have members of various guilds, so bakers, builders. This could have been to glorify them or because the Catholic Church was trying to be more universal in their portrayals of people, which is always a good thing. Mm -hmm. 
in Chartres, they have La Belle Delier, which is one of the oldest windows. It's really beautiful. You should go take a look at it. Last thing, the relic of the chemise of the Virgin, which is important because relic cathedrals attract more visitors, bring in more money, all of that good stuff. People like dead bodies and bones and stuff. They definitely do. People will travel long distances to see body parts and just yeah be in the vicinity of it yeah, not even yeah, really not even see, see it. it just to be like oh there's a there's a bone in there like people get really excited about it there was a bit of a revival if you will <laughs> a good old-fashioned revival a gothic revival that began in the mid 18th century and lasted through the 19th century John Ruskin's The Nature of Gothic from the three-volume treaties The Stones of Venice was published in 1851, and it argues for the superiority of Gothic architecture because of the sacrifice of the stone carvers in intricately decorating every stone, which is a very fascinating argument with a lot of layers. Mm -hmm. So in the same way... That the Renaissance was searching for balance and harmony through antiquity. Ruskin and proponents of Gothic revival found beauty and aesthetic excellence in the ornamental nature of Gothic architecture. So it's basically the exact same thing, only just a different movement. It's kind of this back and forth of the clean, pristine aesthetic and then the ornamental aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And which one is more morally superior? Yeah. You tell us. Yeah, right? Historically, there's been a huge back and forth debate about this because after after Gothic revival, moving into the 20th century, we have modernist Mm -hmm. aesthetics. You have the backlash against ornament. So it's really just another back and forth between clean and then very intricate ornamental designs. Yeah, you tell us. What do you prefer? How do you feel about the Gothic? Let us know. Do you think that it's barbaric? Do you think it's moral? What do you think? Do you just think Gothic cathedrals are pretty? And I really like the inclusion of nature that you get to see from the glass. Definitely. And playfulness with light is really fun. As we've mentioned, Islamic design can't typically, or it can, but not in religious settings. Islamic design can't depict people. So using natural forms was very prominent in in Islamic design. And then Gothic kind of appropriated that. So you get so many intricate details of nature happening in Mm -hmm. these cathedrals and in the stained glass and the tracery and everything. Yeah, if you haven't been to a Gothic cathedral, you should definitely go to one and experience it because it is a very experiential thing. Oh, definitely. They don't translate quite that well into photographs. Very true. But yeah, thanks for listening to our AHBB on Gothic architecture. If you have any thoughts or questions, email us at arthistorybabes at gmail.com. Hit us up on all the social medias. Our Patreon, patreon.com slash arthistorybabes. Thanks for being you. Thank you. From Cabernet to Mo, they're here to slay.
Did you know that the FDA doesn't require tampon companies to disclose a list of the ingredients in their tampons? That's pretty horrifying. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so major brands use synthetic ingredients in harsh chemical cleansing agents, whereas Lola is 100% cotton and BPA-free. And for those of you who are a little more environmentally conscious and don't even want to use the applicator, they make applicator lists, they make various sizes, and panty liners for those who yeah. want them. And yeah, you can customize your subscription so you can get exactly what you need, you know, in the right sizes. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it gets delivered directly to your door so you don't have to worry about like... Lazy girl's dream. Exactly. <laughs> don't have to worry about running off to the store because they will be there every month at your door. Also, $5 off your first box... Come on, guys. Can't beat that. Pretty exciting. Head on over to trymylola.com slash babes. That's B-A-B-E-S. And start your subscription today. Go, guys. Do it. Yeah.